You're listening to the Fat Dude Digs Flicks Movie Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? This is Andy, the resident fat dude of Fat Dude Digs Flicks, coming to you recorded from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and it is time for an all-new Let's Talk About and uh, we're taking another fun trip down memory lane. Um, I feel like I opened a kind of a, a Pandora's box <laughs> when, when I had my friend Robbie on. It was such a, a nice experience, just so great getting a chance to reconnect with him that uh, I think I want to I keep doing that. And that's exactly what is happening on this episode. Uh, I sat down with another one of my friends from high school and the first collegiate go round. Uh, this is my, uh, dear friend. Like we were inseparable, uh, during those years of our lives, uh, Brad Reddick. And we just talk about life and high school and college and some of the people that we knew. And then we transitioned to talk about our featured movie of the week. So let's get into it. Pop your popcorn, grab your soft drink, kick back, relax, and let's talk about rounders. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About, and this is another stroll down memory lane for me. I, I've really been kind of enjoying, um, maybe that I have this forum to do this, or maybe it's just... Maybe it's because I'm getting old that I'm kind of like, I need to, I need to flash back to like the good stuff, the good times and, and just kind of reconnect with people that really had a, an impact on my life and were a huge part of my life for this, this span of time that I feel so far removed from. Uh, but you know, it, it's, we, we flipped the podcast on, I saw his face and everything just came back to me. My guest on this week's episode, one of my closest friends from high school, my, my senior prom date, That's <laughs> uh, true. right. True, and, yeah. and, uh, first collegiate go around roommate, uh, Mr. Brad Reddick, Brad, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing really well. We did go to prom together. That is, in <laughs> fact, true. We took my 1989 Honda Accord. Actually, it was my dad's 1989 Honda Accord at that point. He had not given it to me. Yeah. And we did go to prom together. That is yeah. indeed correct. You know, and the thing about it was, like, it was just it was just a couple of cool guys, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Those... I, I, think we, I think we leaned in. I don't think yeah. there was any, you know, uh, bad pretense going on it's not like there was any sort of uh uh uh, desperation or right you know anything negative about two dudes going to senior prom together i i think you and i just decided that it felt right so yeah yeah and it was like yeah we went together and it was a good time like we are our i think our the way it kind of felt like for me just looking back if i remember it correctly is we just we just wanted to go and have a good time like and just hang out with everybody there right yeah, and, most days at that point anyway, we were going to be together regardless, so Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like why not why not be together at prom? Why yeah. not go to prom? Even if we hadn't have gone together, we would have wound up together. Oh yeah. Regardless. Same same table, same after yeah. party, like yeah. everything around then, we would have just ended up. So, yeah, I I just I've been I've been thinking about this all day. I've been thinking about this like 
ever since we we talked about doing it, I've been like, it is going to be so awesome just to kind of touch base with you again, kind of know where you're at, know what's going on with you and uh, reconnect. Like that's the, that's the cool part about this is just getting a chance to, to chat with my friend again, because it's been, what did we, what did we like 2004? Is that what you, you were thinking? Yeah. Yeah. 2004, yeah. 2003, something like that. I, I totally relate to what you were just saying about how you don't really think about all that time in your life anymore or that period of your life. And you kind of yeah. just, you know, you know, you forget it a little bit and you want to revisit some of the good times and uh, you know, one of the main reasons why I'm on is because I heard you doing another one of these episodes with uh, our friend Robbie Dunman or Robert Dunman the Third, as he was uh, on your show. I, I don't mean any disrespect. Shout out to Robert Dunman the uh, Third. I've seen him a little bit more recently than you. I think I last saw him in like 2006. Yeah. So only 15 years. You know, sure, not sure, not almost 20. But right. uh, no, listening to you two guys talk, I felt the exact same way. I was like, you know what, I. I know that I know these guys. I know these are my friends from way back then. I don't know the person who was their friend anymore. I don't yeah. remember him, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it made me kind of, you know, you get to 40 years old, you haven't told yourself the stories of high school in ages. Like yeah. that's not a part of who you are anymore day to day. Right. And so it made me kind of go back and, and reminisce and yeah, it's cool. I, I definitely, uh uh share your your intention of wanting to connect to some of that happiness which isn't yeah. to say i'm all sad or down or anything <laughs> right so no, absolutely just look back fondly would be would be would really warm my heart yeah nice to kind of shoot the shit with someone who was there at that time and remembers you know uh pieces at least you can pick pieces out of that that time frame and just kind of uh reminisce uh with with a with a happy yeah. sense of being definitely uh pieces do you i you know i don't want to start asking the questions or stealing your show here Take do you over. do you even remember when we met cuz i was str like banging my brain i know there was a time where we started to be around each other yeah. i don't remember the first time we actually interacted so my memory of it is hazy like cuz there was a time where we knew each other but weren't like simpatico you know it was like we were we were there and we knew each other existed but we didn't hang out yeah. and that that was eighth grade like that yeah. was that was after lunch basketball that was middle school okay yep. thank yep. you so in the cafeteria that was my right. re my recollection too like yeah. we certainly knew of one another and we were mm -hmm. certainly in that same space but we weren't like uh super cool close friends at that point right you know, and I, and I think it was just, I was new kid. Like I didn't know most of these people and it's, it's hard to kind of filter in like on the last year when everybody there has been going to school together for so long. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, okay, well, I, my friends are the people who are in the first class that I I've been in. And then from there though, but getting past eighth grade, then we went to, to Louisville high school together in Louisville, Texas. Um, and I don't remember if I think it probably was sophomore year, because um, I think, again, it was like we knew each other and I, I don't think we had a theater class together. Yeah, I don't uh, think we had done theater our, our freshman year together. Right. And then but sophomore year, I think we both had uh, Mrs. Jordan for, for theater. Does that sound right at all? 
Yeah, in that room in the corner. It wasn't the yep. the room I think of as our our where we actually went to theater together. That's not right. the room I think. It was that other room that was further down the hall there. Yeah, yeah, I, that sounds I, right. Yeah, and I think that's where our our friendship started, and yeah. it just just kind of grew from there. Jun- junior, senior year, like it was just. I mean, yeah, because we, by the end of our junior year, I think we were basically together every yeah. other day at that. Oh point. yeah, yeah, and then throughout our senior year, that's right. all we did. Oh yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was fun, and it's crazy because like just just even talking about that, I get these little flashes of like you know I would go over to your house after school, yeah. and like we'd listen to you know there'd be music that I didn't know that you would play, and I'd, I'd get to meet your siblings who are now adults. Yeah. Good God, like that that's crazy to to, to reckon with that your siblings yeah. like I my remember youngest your... my youngest baby sister at that point who when you were coming over was probably four years old is married yeah. and has a uh, an almost one year old in like a few weeks she'll her kid will be one jeez and that's yeah. that's wild to me but then, it, so yeah. it is yeah yeah but yeah I mean that's that's kind of how I how I remember our friendship starting but it like as soon as it started, it just, it, it was like a, a steamroller of a friendship. Like it yeah. just took off. It was, there was no, no looking back. We were buds and it was, it was great. And it was just, we were able to, to really enjoy each other. And it was kind of like, we were, we weren't opposite. Like we weren't, we weren't opposite. We both had a very similar sense of humor. Um, but I think there were, there were, personality traits that we each had that really like I don't know maybe that's why we connected is because you were you were always very outgoing and even being a theater person I was outgoing too but I felt a little not as much and you know I think you were you were kind of outgoing and I really admired that and it was just fun because we'd make each other laugh and just I don't know it was a great camaraderie like a great friendship yeah I think I think that's I think that's true. I think uh, where I might have been goofy and outgoing, you might have had like a quiet reserve part to you while yeah. also being outgoing. But your outgoing, I think, was a little insulated. Like yeah. your outgoing wasn't going to just be with everybody where I was, you know, sometimes uh, maybe, you know, even at a at a uh, the cost of a good experience was outgoing <laughs> so much like um uh, but no, I think, yeah, yeah I, I think you're correct. We definitely connected on, on what we shared and then the other parts of each other. Like I always, I know sometimes you looked at yourself and were like, I'm this huge dude. And yeah. you looked at that as like a, uh, like a connection point that made you stick out. And I always thought that you were like huge and sweet was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Cause like not, not most, most a lot of big kids mm-hmm. don't actually let anybody see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're not necessarily comfortable. And I get it. Like as a kid, like you don't lean into the thing that in your eyes makes you different. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, as a kid, you don't have that kind of self-awareness. Yeah. Right. You, you, you don't do that. And for me, like, I, I don't know. I always, you were always big. I feel like I felt big, but wasn't actually big. Sure. <laughs> and I think, but I think for me, that's one of the things that I really gravitated towards is because, you know, we're, when you're teenagers, you're always going through this constant kind of like inner struggle that you don't always express. 
But yeah. what I picked up on was at least you you carried yourself with a sense of confidence and like charisma that I was just like that guy. Yeah, that that he is fun. Like, and he is he's always so sure of himself. And I'm like, maybe, just maybe, like connecting with him will help me kind of bring that part out of myself. And I don't think consciously, of course, yeah, yeah I realized yeah. that then. But looking back on it, it was like, like you were just you you just presented yourself in such a way that I was like, he's cool. Like he's just cool. And that was that was so much fun for me to be able to just be myself and still feel cool matching up with with your level of cool yeah uh thank you (laughs) no i think there the other part too is i don't think either one of us would say that we necessarily liked high school all that much right oh yeah right like for all the outgoing and good times that we had i think you and i would also view it as kind of a there was a darkness that we felt for the experience that we were going through oh yeah Even, even though it might not have like manifested itself in like you know kind of negative uh behavior i i think you and i kind of had a disdain is probably the too strong of a word but yeah maybe contempt yeah yeah you, is think, that is that fair i think both of those are are are, are definitely have negative connotations I, but i i think they're i think they're apt i think they're correct and i think you we we really connected on that part of like almost like an incredulous like this is what we have to deal with every day yeah yeah Really? Yeah. <laughs> there, there was there was a, a blossoming cynicism. Yeah. And and kind of like uh incredulous is right because it's like the 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 day-to-day of a high school student just uh, the, the, certainly the, by the top by our senior year. Yeah. We were over I, it. If there was such a thing as a jaded high school student, I think yeah. we would qualify. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was, we were, what what felt like the the nine to fivers, like who have to pack up their stuff to go to work just because they have to, like you don't have, you have no choice. And this yeah. is, this is what it is. Yeah. And it's just, you know, everything that happened, you were like, can I get past this? Can I just, can I can move I, forward? I think that showed in our choices that we made afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just wanting to get out of the damn school process. I think that that showed with the 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 stars that we reached for right after high school together. No. Yeah. Less. Yeah. Let's 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 talk about that in a second, because I do yeah. what I want. I do want to talk about that, uh, which, you know, the, the crazy thing is, is because there is such this this divide now between high school and where I'm at now. And I think yeah. if if people that I know now knew who I was then they might be surprised like because now I think of myself you know I've gotten used to being this big like yeah. and I've I've accepted it like you know I I could lose a couple hundred pounds that's fine I could do that but at the same time I'm pretty comfortable with who I am and and what my personality is and now that um kind of reserved person yeah he's there but I'm way more comfortable about being outgoing than He's I was. He's maybe the one in the back seat now. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. And this guy's driving. That didn't happen for a very long. Time. You're saying that literally. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like I'm actually driving. The, the guy who who I loved that I if I remember correctly, your reason for 
not liking driving is that you never wanted to make turns. Okay. Okay. This is correct. Am I making that up? No, that's, that's, I'm not trying to poke a sensitive spot. No, it's totally true. To me, like, I think a lot of six, eight, 375 pound guys would have just been like, uh, the car doesn't fit me. I don't like getting behind the wheel. But you, right. like, shared that with me. You were like, yeah. no, dude, I don't like making turns. I don't want to make – I don't want – it was right turns. Right-hand I did turns, not, yeah. I yeah. didn't want to make right-hand turns. The reason yeah. for that was because during driver's ed, we're take we're, – we're, I'm driving. Uh, and I don't know um, – I, this name is going to be crazy to me that I remember this, but I took driver's ed and the kid who would do driving with me was also a former delay student who was a year after us, Jermaine Hunt. Does that name yes. ring any bells for you at yeah. all? Yeah, uh, I know Jermaine. Uh, we went to elementary school together. So oh, wow. We, we Jermaine lived right down uh, Garden Ridge from us. Oh, okay. Like, okay. Uh, like Garden Ridge in college. Uh, so like he was probably a mile south of us. Wow. And we we used to play at the same park. And, yeah, we went to – he was, like you said, a year behind us. So when I started at uh, – I think he started at uh, my elementary school a year after I did. So when I was in yeah. fourth grade, he was in third grade. So, yeah, I've known Jermaine forever. Yeah. He's he's somebody that's also kind of, like, shown up at random parts of my life. But we don't – like, we don't know each other. Yeah, We've yeah, never yeah. had a conversation. He He beat me at basketball one time. He's so. done that to a number of people. <laughs> that's – yeah. But so <laughs> he was in the driver's ed class with me and I'm driving and I take a right turn and I don't know what happened, but just lack of skill, I guess. But I drove into the oncoming lane instead of staying in the right hand lane. Uh, I went all the way into that, that lane. And that freaked me out for a very long time. And I was just like, I'm not not doing this <laughs> yeah i remember <laughs> the first time my i feel i remember the first time my dad made me cross multiple lanes to make a turn mm-hmm. like go across traffic then go across the median and then get into your lane and i yeah. I, yeah I was scared shitless yeah i'm like i'm not no let's not i'm just gonna stay in this lane yeah. until i have to turn and if the people in front of me go slow so be it that's I'm, that's a I'm choice glad, i'm making i'm glad that you're driving i'm glad that didn't like just stop you forever completely ruin it forever no i have i have made my choice and i feel pretty confident about it i think if i went to texas to drive i probably would have a little bit of pause but uh you think there has to be like an acclimation period like uh oh yeah yeah (laughs) adapt it's a little different down here than it is up there it's true it's so it's everything is so slow and so like in in peace and in congruence with one another if you if you have to turn you will turn your signal on and you will gradually move over to the other lane. Like it's there's, it is, I feel like South Dakota driving is kind of what some people would consider heaven to be like. It's just, everything is so smooth and, and, and calming. As somebody who drives like 35, 40,000 miles a year, I would not, <laughs> I would not refer to driving throughout the DFW for, I'm assuming a lot of people who listen to you are from South Dakota and yeah. your area. Right. And I would just like to say that's not what it's like driving in the DFW <laughs> Metroplex God. on a daily basis. No, no, all. no. Nope. I, yeah, I, I would need, I would need a little bit of time to get used to that. Yeah. Um, let's, let's kind of, let's kind of dip into my format here a little bit. Let's so do we've, that. we've kind of talked a little bit here, getting, getting off the, the beaten path, but let's, let's go back to the very beginning. Brad, for people out there in the world who do not know you, 
what is your origin story? Where are you from? What did you, where did, where did you come from, Brad? Who are you? So, you know, we talk about not knowing that high school kid or not remembering that high school kid anymore. And I think that's, you know, that's a, that's what happens when you're an adult, right? You, you can experience a different phase of your life. So I feel like I could tell you an origin uh, of like who I was before I met you, or I yeah. could tell you the origin story of who I am now and where that started. So I'm going to leave it up to you. Do you want grown up Brad, or do you want to hear that my parents met on Kodiak Island in Alaska in like 1975? What if, what if we do this? What if we, we Snyder cut it and we just throw the whole thing together in a, in a mishmash? It might take a while, but the Snyder cuts four hours long. So I got, I got time. My, my, uh, my mom is from Texas. Uh, her stepdad uh, pulled her up into Kodiak, Alaska, a tiny island off the coast of Alaska uh, for her freshman year of high school. And she met my dad. Uh, he lived, he grew up in Alaska. Uh, he was born in Alaska. And uh, they moved here in like the end of 1979 or in the middle part of 1980. Had me two years later, had my brother. A few years after that, got divorced. We were living in Coppell in a trailer park at that point in time. Moved to Louisville, Texas, where my mom and stepdad had the house that you uh, had been to a number of times. Uh, sad point of reference real quick. RIP Mike Sennett, my stepdad. Oh, yeah. uh, we lost him about nine years ago. Um, and then, I don't know. I was just kind of always a goofy big sense of humor outgoing kid uh i think it probably comes from being the oldest and because you're the oldest and the first your parents think you're maybe a little bit more special than you are and sure they they you're like the first time they've ever seen any of this so they really <laughs> you know they lay it on thick um i don't know some of it's probably uh my dad and mom mixed in there too but uh no we we moved to Louisville, and then from the age i was like eight at that point in time till you know you and i connected i lived in Louisville, texas and grew up always wanting to make people laugh i think that's probably if people were to look back and think about who i was in high school i think that's probably the biggest defining characteristic of who i was i liked sports i did theater i did debate i did uh, a number of different things i never felt like i really belonged to one group yeah. but i think the the main like when you talk about who are you at your core, like I was a person that loved to make the people that I was closest to and connected to laugh. Right. And sometimes that translated to like doing stuff like theater. Sure. But when, at the end of the day, one of the things I've learned about myself is that the, the, the laughter I like the most is to the people who I really care about. Mm -hmm. um, and so then from there went on and had a bump let's call it some bumpy 20s <laughs> yeah and in 2006 i uh was doing a sketch comedy show with a couple of friends here locally uh at a, a production company based in, in in dallas uh the two friends of mine josh and patrick actually ended up moving out to la and they've worked on a ton of shows that you've heard of uh sons of anarchy for josh uh, a yeah. number of shows on netflix they worked on prison break together Nice. Um, they've worked on a ton of stuff that people have heard of. They're really super talented guys. And at the time, Josh was trying to put together a sketch comedy show in 2006 and asked me if I wanted to be part of it. And he worked at this production company and they let him basically use this thing like on the weekends as like a location. 
And uh, he just basically recruited friends. It was not like a paid thing. It was like, I think we had entered like an FX, uh, the, the television network. I think we had mm -hmm. entered like the FX, some sort of FX contest to get like your show on FX. Yeah. And uh, we had put together what was going to be like a couple episodes. And we spent this weekend filming. And I met this girl at the time uh, who was a friend of his doing the show and had a great, wonderful weekend and then didn't see each other for like six months. Yeah. And six months later, kind of did some more filming and connected and decided, hey, maybe we should try to like not not see each other for six months again. Maybe <laughs> we should try to see each other a little bit more frequently than that. Yeah. And then uh, like three months later, we started living together. And this year will be 15 years that we've been together and now we have a seven-year-old her name is molly uh my wife uh the girlfriend i'm talking about there molly sure. um now we have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old and i'm a soccer coach hey and i do stuff like take my kid to the urgent care er to get her <laughs> arm x-rayed on a sunday night because it's broken and I plant flowers and go to soccer practice. I'm, I'm about to uh, become a little bit more uh, uh, versatile in my coaching prowess. I'm going to be a baseball coach this spring. Oh, okay. Uh, but no, I, I mean, like a lot of people that have kids, a large part of my life revolves around my kids. Now, I have a, I have a podcast called Human Dads where it's not necessarily trying to – be like any sort of guidance i i call it human dads because i thought it would be cool that my kids would be able to listen to who their dad was one day before they had the ability to see you as a real human yeah because like when you're seven years old you're not able to fully see the developed version of who your parents are right right so to to have something for posterity so that they could go back and listen to is it's kind of goofy we don't necessarily you know touch on all these deep uh topics or whatnot but i just i think i think it would i think it would have been really cool if i could have hear heard what my dad was talking about on a day-to-day -day basis when i was seven years old yeah like if yeah. i had access to that conversation i think it would be really cool so yeah yeah i uh oh <laughs> I, I could not agree with you more my 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 father passed away 2016 so uh, a little over four years now and I'm yeah sorry about yeah that. no you know it's it's uh as as i think you can kind of relate to it's a it's a tough tough thing and you, it doesn't ever quite leave but it's yeah it it gets better i guess that's the best way to put it it's uh, i find out i find the weirdest thing is like situations like this where like i know you didn't know my stepdad that well but like sure. you 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 were there in his house and like so right. telling somebody like you it's like the the version of my stepdad that i remember from like 16 i'm saying that person died yeah yeah you know what i mean right right so there's all this time that's 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 passed since that it's kind yeah. of like you know um but to to be able to have that um something to, to go back to like one of the things that i kind of cherish that i still have is i have saved saved voicemails and for oh, me yeah. that's that's yeah. means the world to me and to be able to go back and have something like that, just to, just to hear him, I don't know, talk about something that 
that he was thinking about at the time or was was super inconsequential or something like that it would just be like it's nice to kind of see my dad as a person and and yeah. how he operates with everybody else so yeah i agree i think that that would be something really special to to, to have that so uh, i i gotta think of where to jump in now because we've 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 covered a lot of ground um let's 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 start off at that that little bump well the, the what you referred to as kind of the bumpy period but i'm going to talk about the, the part of it where where we were we were we were going through the bumpy period together um and that would be uh the the first foray at college uh at collin county community college in plano texas that's a really uh, liberal way to say that like i don't <laughs> Like if you the, were to look at our time there, I don't know if that translates no. to an actual foray into college. What what we would actually just call the college place apartment years, I think, is more. We we <laughs> moved close to a college campus. <laughs> we live there, and sometimes just to be able to stay in kinda the residence, went to class. We had to go to class. Kinda. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe you more than me, but I definitely will not. I I went. I did. I. I did, uh, but it was like I I hated it. Like I just uh, there was there was and maybe it was just because it felt like it was more of the same thing that we had finally gotten out of. Yeah, it was like this is still going, but also it was for me it was our first real taste of freedom, and it was That's like I just want to enjoy life. Yeah. Like I want to be able to enjoy my friends and do things that I want to do and not have to be stuck to uh, or beholden to the schedule of, of going to class uh and also i felt really really dis- discouraged right off the bat because we we both went there with with theater as our intention of of kind of you know i guess doing schoolwork, and that is a um a, a school that has a good reputation for its theater program. Like it had a, a reputation that still I think is, is pretty powerful in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Yeah. Um, I think at the time was, we went, they were still like living off the glow of like winning national championships for whatever community college level theater competitions were happening. I have no idea what those competitions were yeah. or what the sanctioning bodies were there, but they were still talking about that uh loudly so um i think back to the part where i where you know where you were saying we kind of wanted to get out of high school i think part of the reason why we ended up there at uh collin county community college quad c was was very much because we weren't really focused on what the next step was we just didn't want the step to be any more in this area right like in this area meant high school yeah. And so uh, Collin County Community College, for those that don't know, was only like 15 miles away from where we uh, were going to high school and it's yeah. 15 miles away from where we grew up. So we were still kind of close to home. Yeah. And uh, the environment wasn't really conducive to building responsible students who were there for a purpose. No. And I think you and I learned pretty quickly that there was kind of like a a theater gang yeah you know like a theater band of like a (laughs) group of theater misfits that had kind of already start establishing their roots like uh, with the directors and 
Yeah. Uh, the class itself felt like it was very kind of dis- detached and we didn't, I don't, neither one of us ever connected to the, our first initial theater classes. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, it, at, in order, and this is probably the largest point, in order to actually be involved in theater, you basically had to have all of your other needs being met. Yeah. And you and I both had to work. Yeah. Like you and I both had to put in some hours to kind of live the life we were going to live there. And that was just a really hard combination to pull off to actually be in the theater productions, but also have some sort of work schedule to where you could support yourself in, in any regard. And it's not like you and I necessarily needed 40 hour a week jobs, but right. Uh, you know, you're going to school all day. You only got so many nights that are open to work. And then the theater productions basically wanted you there for your full-time job of being in the production every yeah. night. And so it was just a really difficult kind of puzzle to, to figure out that I think you and I kind of became disenchanted with pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, I found a lot of my frustration with the lack of structure in that theater, the, that, that, that theater class that we took. And a lot of that for me came down to the fact that the way I remember it, and maybe, maybe this is just the, the foggy glasses that I've put on over the years, but the way that I remember it is that our instructor was almost never there yeah, uh, because she was, she was busy furthering her own acting career, which, you know, now that I'm, I'm 20 years from it, I understand, but at the same time, like if your duty is to educate students on the, the art and craft of theater, you're going to have to be there to kind of help them or, you know, have a reliable, constant, like teacher's aide who is taking over the duties to teach that class. And that was not class, there. The class was canceled a lot. Yeah. The class was we would show up and nobody was there a lot. Yeah. Uh when she was there, we'd spend about half of the class doing yoga. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Do you remember? I do. Well, I, you talk about things being fuzzy. The thing I'll always remember with this lady is how we always had to get in the ball. <laughs> you remember the, you had to build the ball. Like the ball was these little, like it started like right on top of you. And by the oh, end no. of the, the stretch and movement, the ball has stretched to the full reach that you have. And oh, now you're, 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 you're within this sphere. Yeah. I don't, uh, I, I don't look back at that fondly. No, no. And, and I remember, and like at the time I was, I know that I was super pumped about it, that we had to do that. We could, we could do movie monologues. Yeah. Looking back on that now as someone who I, I have a very expensive piece of paper that says, I know how to do theater. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> looking back on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's I like, not... didn't, I like how you didn't connect any title to that or anything or any <laughs> certification. It was just there is something that used to be a tree that cost a lot of money and it has my name on it. And below that, it expresses that I know what I'm talking about. I'm a bachelor of theater. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, but, you know, going through a, 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 a structured program where they're genuine, we're genuinely focused on making the students into the best theater artists and producers and, and whatever they could. Looking back on that class, that class was just, it was like an afterthought. And, and yeah. you don't want your students to do monologues that people can go 
watch on TV so that they are, you know, mimicking that monologue beat for beat. So, yeah, I have a lot of, (laughs) a lot of frustration towards that class, but at the same time, in a roundabout way, my, my disappointment with that class and, and the, the, uh, disenchantment with schooling there kind of led me eventually to the road that I, I, you know, feel like I was meant to be on, but man, we, we sure had fun going to college or or, it was a fun place. (laughs) I don't know if you remember, uh, and I know a little bit more about the, what we walked into. I certainly didn't know what we walked into at the time, but Plano had just, there's a certain part of Plano and there was a certain kind of, um, uh, uh, demographic in Plano, uh, especially kind of Plano kids, 16 to 18 years old, who had just gone through some pretty crazy kind of drug use and crazy kind of uh, instability within the area. It's a lot of kids who had uh, access to things that maybe they shouldn't have had access to. Yeah. Uh, and because, you know, maybe their parents had the resources, they were able to, um, Uh, procure some of these things that like I remember going to Louisville High School and I never would have thought like there was a place where I could go get heroin or anything that was close to heroin right and shortly after we got to this college apartment in Plano uh, or shortly before that they had experienced kind of a heroin problem and yeah uh, some some uh, student suicide problems and these kids who had you know uh, essentially Uh, their parents credit card and not all that much supervision were really able to go out and do some pretty big things. And then we moved kind of into like a home base for like a lot of those kids. Yeah. And it was just foreign to us that, you know, you could have your dad's limitless credit card. And we ended up, you know, kind of bumping into a few of those people. And then overall the complex as it was, you think of like a college apartment or like a college dormitory. And a lot of times that doesn't mean, you know, DEA invasion, uh, DEA drug bus on apartments in the middle of the night. It doesn't mean man hunts from SWAT telling you to go back into your apartment. It doesn't mean seeing body bags on the sidewalk as you're walking to class from people who had OD'd. Um, yeah. There was any number of things that we encountered very quickly. Yeah. And it's not like it necessarily you're you're young and dumb, so it's not like it necessarily impacted us to where we even knew what we were, you know, witnessing. Right. But looking back now and knowing what I know about the area and and knowing some people who personally dealt with this and knowing some people who are family members that dealt with uh kind of some of the situations that we got to see, yeah. the area was had a lot of things going on that I just didn't know about at the time. Right. And I yeah. think we just kind of looked at it and we're just kind of like, yeah, I guess there's a, a body bag. I yeah. Know. Oh, I, I wonder what, well, how about you that? You walk out of your apartment and you're walking into the courtyard. I guess there's just a SWAT team here getting them, doing a manhunt and telling Why? everybody to go back into their uh, apartments. Okay. <laughs> You know, and, and it, it's 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 coming back, and that's the thing that's that's with these conversations where it's like, oh shit, I remember, I remember on multiple occasions, not like once, not like one time, but multiple occasions 
where police officers would come to the doors and knock and they would ask if somebody was there. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like, none of this, none of this clicked for me. It was like, oh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, no, they're not here. Sorry. And they, just they, move on. Things got so bad that they they stationed a sheriff at the, the entry <laughs> to the apartment and the sheriff yeah. was was IDing everybody who was going in. Yep. Uh it was it, it it turned into a crazy place. Yeah. Yeah. Um fast. Right. Like quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the in a period of like weeks, it was like this cool little <laughs> everybody showed up. I think they made a big mistake too by opening it before like two months before classes started. Mm-hmm. Or it was like mm-hmm. something like six weeks. Like we got yeah. to move in way before class started. Yeah. Yeah. You just we, got a bunch of 18-year-olds to 20-year-olds who had nothing to do. Right. But and pour then, laundry detergent into a fountain in the middle of a pool. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was a oh, horrible idea. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's what you do. And then, so then, you know, we're there. We're living there for a stretch of time. And then school starts. And we're expected to just be like, okay, well, now it's time to be responsible and go to class. Mind you, this is right after we had made connections with a guy who got us a DirecTV cable card that allowed us to literally watch every channel that DirecTV uh, uh, had. Yeah, everything. Literally every channel that DirecTV had, we could watch. At at any time. Pay-per-view. Yep. International Chinese channels. uh, Every single movie channel you can think of. And then, of course the adult stations as well Porno- pornography <laughs> channels just literally everything you can think of yeah we had it and we're 18 years old we are we are not adults but we are no longer kids we're in that you know not not a girl not yet a woman phase of our Definitely. lives where it's just like can i tell I you want... about do, do you know about thomas you remember I, thomas i remember thomas i don't know can I, I bring down? Th- can I bring down the room real quick? Bring the room down. Bring the room down real quick. So Thomas yeah. was a sweet guy who definitely dealt with demons. Yes. And and he got us uh, all kinds of cool stuff because he was one of the kids that I was talking about that had access to a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did get us like these cable cards that we could do everything with. And like yeah. being eighteen and being able to watch every single movie on pay per view was massive. Yeah. Uh about ten to twelve years later. Thomas started uh, selling uh, local locals here in the area that uh, Disney was coming to town and was going to develop a spot in in some undeveloped areas of uh, uh, of the Metroplex, and that he had the inside scoop, and even went so far to produce fraudulent documents, and was convicted of this, and a couple years ago died in prison. Oh man of a heart attack i believe oh like it it went from zero to 60 quick with yeah with thomas so well, rest in peace but like that time in our life and what he was able to conduct to it like or contribute to it yeah was pretty ridiculous yeah and <laughs> he definitely impacted our path yes yes he did uh wow um there are a lot of things that hearing this and and now knowing this there are a lot of memories that I have of that time where I'm kind of like, Oh yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like there were some things that he would um, uh, tell us about uh, 
that we always thought were maybe slight embellishments of the truth. It's, it certainly felt questionable sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, I guess, uh, you and know, those stories like they do with a lot of people, they just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And yeah, uh, it was sad. I, I, yeah. I don't, I'm sure, uh, George might see this, uh, on Twitter, yeah. but George was the one who told me about that. A friend of ours oh. from back then as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 just sad that that's like you think like yeah okay I'm not surprised that he got caught up in something but then to just the, like we're forty we're we're forty and like one of us has got a heart attack and died in prison you're like what yeah wow you know uh, well sorry uh, I, did, I I like no. I said uh, bring the room down maybe you want to cut that out we can get back no that's 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 staying in here we we I don't I don't I don't like to edit my podcast just because. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, it is. It is. It is arduous. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we'll 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 try and find a, a jumping point, I guess, from there to kind of he was he was he was part of our group um, that that contributed to. Speaking of, I'm just going to derail you again. Speaking yeah, go for of, it. Of skidding out of off the road. Do you remember when we skidded off the road? Yes, I was gonna. That, I was gonna. That, oh man, is that one of your most terrifying experiences <sighs> in your life. I, I almost wanted to start this podcast off by saying, and somebody I almost died with. <laughs> <laughs> well, like <sighs> when I look back at the math, so I'm not a small person. I'm, like I'm not small. Sure. Right. 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 But I'm not, I'm not your size. Yeah. But you put the two of us in a 1989 Honda Accord, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a big Accord. It was four door, but like, it's not a very big vehicle, but like we've added between the two of us, like 600 25 pounds something sure. like that like yeah you're, you're 370 i'm like a i'm like a at this point i'm like a pretty solid 240 like i'm sure. not a small person yeah you know uh <laughs> and and uh for no apparent reason at all we were driving to my grandparents out in the middle of nowhere rural east texas and mm -hmm. for no apparent reason at all i decided we needed to get the accord up to 100 <laughs> With with like six hundred pounds of additional weight or yeah. like whatever, and I thought it was a good idea to get it up to a hundred. And then about five miles down the road, we had the biggest blowout I've ever experienced in my life. Still, so here's how it started. It started with hold on, I'm gonna see if this this imitates the sound. So it's like we hear this, yeah, and then yeah, and it's like what's that? What's, what's that what's clinking? That? And then it sounded like a damn machine gun, like it was, it was the tire evaporating. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then we skidded off the road yep. into like some eight foot tall grass, mm -hmm. almost across a whole median into another service road. Yep. Went back towards the road. We were now facing the way we came from, damn yep. near. And I, a huge like truck drove by at just like, like a just massive semi four feet away from us yep. maybe at most like because we almost got back on the road through this whole yeah. swerve and right. i feel like we swerved like four football fields or like uh -huh. skidded for four football fields because we were going like 90 and you yeah. have a blowout at 90 and you do, the momentum is just going to carry you yep yeah that's, it was that's, brutal that's the power of the go soundtrack <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, oh, shit. just makes you want to drive <laughs> 
Oh, the ghost soundtrack. Oh, that's oh, that's awesome. Thank you. That's that definitely what we were listening to. And oh, I yeah. wouldn't have, I, I think you could have given me a hundred guesses and I don't know if I would have gone right. there, but I'm, I'm so glad that you did. Oh, that's so awesome. Speaking of something that we watched a thousand times. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. That was a, that was one that we played over and over again, but like, so if I remember right, you had a spare, we were able to replace the spare and then had another flat and then it blew out again. Yep. But that was much more uneventful. Yep. Much more controlled. Uh, And luckily we were like a mile, two miles away from an exit. (laughs) And we got on that exit and we parked in the front of a hotel Uh and I called my grandpa at that time not grandpa at that time that's who i called like he's still my grandpa (laughs) yeah um i called my grandpa and uh he called a tow truck to come get us yeah and then we rode in silence for the next hour while the tow truck towed my 1989 honda accord and this Mm -hmm. tow truck driver and his girlfriend yeah yeah while you, while you and i are like squunched in a back seat that was not meant for certainly not me let alone you <laughs> as well s- i was gonna say not meant for one of me yeah. let alone both of us <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh then we got to 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 my grandparents and my my grandpa took that 89 honda accord and put like some truck tires on the back the next day so that we wouldn't encounter that again <laughs> yep <laughs> great weekend at my grandparents though it was i believe they, that was that was my uh my the first time i ever watched sergio garcia uh oh yeah golf. my grandpa's a huge golf fan and yeah, yeah if we were there on the weekend he was watching golf yeah <laughs> uh and then you know i i think the next summer we took another trip to your grandparents much safer like just yeah just... i think i think even it was like a hey roll down the window did you hear something yeah. Yep. No, I, did, you, did you did you hear I anything i didn't i, I didn't hear good. anything okay we're good might want to might want to might want to take it down to 80 it was like time. the most responsible like 10 and 2 <laughs> driving 65 miles per hour listen to hear if you see if you hear a, a tire starting to evaporate <laughs> it was traumatic what, dude it was yeah. traumatic yeah it was this is i this think is we one stopped of the reasons... like three times on the way home to be like you think the tires are, are still good Let's just check them real quick. Should yeah, we just let's just check? let's just hop out. Let's just, let's just pull over real quick. I think this is good. I think we're good. I think we're good. We'll let's let's drive a little bit longer and see what happens. Such an idiot. I don't know why. <laughs> but I, you know, and I think this is this is one of the reasons why I'm glad that my mom kind of half listens to this podcast because there's there's a time you didn't share of my, that with her. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think I told her that we almost died. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's just, it's, I remember that. I remember that trip. And I always think about that. Like anytime my car makes a noise, I'm always like, um, I think, I think I'm okay. Does that sound like a tire? Or I'm riding with somebody and I hear their car make that noise. I'm like, hold on. Are are we going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? (laughs) It was traumatizing. Uh, Definitely. Oh yeah. Something, something that you keep with you. <laughs> um, so, okay. So we've, we've kind of talked about quad C a little bit. So what happened from there, you know, we, we've, we've, um, we, we met our group of people, we had a good amount of fun and then like all good things, it has to come to an end. And the first kind of like shift, I think is when it went from our apartment of four because yeah. it was my you and I, and then two of our other friends from high school, Billy Kinzel, uh, who I've I who is the person who I've seen like actually in person, 
like the only person I've seen, uh, and and Clint Eckerd, who was our other roommate, we all kind of went different seen, ways. I haven't seen Billy. I I don't know, like yeah. two thousand three, maybe yeah. two thousand two, yeah. something like that. Yeah, he was in he was in Sioux Falls on a work trip. Really? Yeah. And so we went out and had a had a drink. I you know I didn't I I don't drink, but uh, I had a soda. So <laughs> there you go. But yeah, it was nice to kind of see him and hang out and catch up. And I haven't seen Clint in. Yeah, I'd love since, to see Billy. Yeah, yeah, Billy's a blast. Uh, it was just nice. It was just it was another one of those things where it's like I, I don't know. Maybe I'm. I'm always, I've always been super emotional. It's just, that's, that's yeah, just yeah, yeah. who I am, but it's always this nice kind of like reconnecting where everything is just, I don't know, at peace and at yeah. calm and yeah. um, kind of nice to, to see how, how he's been since, since that time and how everybody's been since that time. It's got like 19 kids, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Super, super happy. Uh, definitely, you his, know, cares a lot about is- his wife and his kids. Yeah, his wife is perfect. She's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's super cool. Um, but so so we we split, and I think you and Billy ended up getting a two-bedroom apartment still on that campus. Uh yeah, it turned out to me and Billy, and then you were there for a little bit, but then didn't you go to another so so here's here's what happened. So I stayed in the four bedroom apartment. Okay. So you guys you guys moved and got the two bedroom, and then I stayed in the four bedroom with three complete strangers who moved in. Okay. And it was uh uh not a super comfortable experience. Like two of them were fine, but one of them reminded me so much of of thomas's persona but just not as much fun as thomas was uh and so it was kind of like i i'm i'm going to sleep here and move everything else into my room lock my door when i'm gone but other than that if i don't have to be asleep i'm going to hang out with you know spend all my time with other people um and so that's what i did and like and it was it was fine because you know you guys always had the door open for me i could come over uh uh, uh hutch and and drew and everybody who was there they always had the door open for me so i could hang out and then after that first year i think i i feel like billy stayed and i think I did, or did you stay after that first year it all runs together. I think I stayed with Billy for like a few months. Yeah. And then I lived with George for a few months. That's right. That's and I right. moved out. I want to say I moved out in the middle of that semester. Yeah. And never came back. Yeah. And then I. So after the... you and I would live together in the four. Yeah. I think I was only there for like six more months total. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that sounds right. Because then. I lived, I lived with Hutch for a little bit in that apartment that you and Billy had. Yeah. And then Hutch left and then I went home for Christmas or went to Uh to Nebraska for Christmas, saw my family. My parents had just moved, parents and younger brother just moved to, to Armour, South Dakota, went there for Christmas and getting, going to the airport and getting on the plane was the hardest thing that I had ever done at that point. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to go. Like, I don't want to yeah. be there anymore. And it was no, just it because, sense. yeah, we had all, we had all kind of split up. I didn't feel connected to the school. I didn't feel, you know, I had friends, but it was just kind of like, it wasn't the same. And I was like, I yeah. gotta, I gotta figure out something to do. And so I left and moved to Nebraska and eventually South Cause Dakota. Because shortly, shortly after that, like none of us were there. Yeah. 
Yeah, everybody. Was none, gone. none of us stayed there for like a full year, full two year, sixty mm-hmm. hour associate's <laughs> degree. You know, none of us made it that far. No, and I, my my course hours were reduced to whatever minimum I could get to still, yeah. <laughs> you know, still be able to live in those apartments. Um, but from there, you know, that was when everything kind of everybody changed and went on their own different paths. So you you. I, I don't know how much you want to talk about this time frame, but so in that gap from quad C to, you know, meeting your now wife, like what was, what was just a general sense of what life was like for you in that, that time frame? Uh, so immediately after that, the reason I left is I moved in with a girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, which turned out to be a, a pretty heartbreaking situation. Sure. Uh, I didn't know how to be in a relationship at that time. It was like my first serious relationship. And looking back at it, I didn't know what I was doing at all. Yeah. Uh, we broke up, and I think that breakup led to a pretty strong fracture, like in me. And mm-hmm. I just didn't handle like the next two years of my life very well. Yeah. And uh, eventually, I moved back home with my dad. At that point, back to Louisville, my dad was dealing. I think that was at the point where he was dealing with a separation with my stepmom. They're back together. But at that point, I think they had a, a little separation. Yeah. Um, and so I lived with my dad for almost two years. I think my brother, Jason, who, you know, yeah, uh, moved in for a little bit of that time as well, like maybe a year after I did. Mm-hmm. And I just worked. At, I was just kind of wondering, kind of aimlessly working at a pizza place and I decided I wanted to try to go back to school and I ended up going to a community college that was right down the street from uh, Louisville there in Corinth, just south of Denton. It was called North Central Texas College. And I actually got to where I was doing pretty well. And my thought was, I'm going to go here for my 60 hours. I'm going to keep my 3.0 and I'm going to get into a state school. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just struggled with figuring out what, like you said, you went for theater. And I just struggled to pick that thing that made school matter to me. Right. I had a really hard time picking what that was that made this process a plan that made this plan something that could come to fruition Mm -hmm. and then that fruition leading to whatever the next phase of my life was I just didn't have the ability to put that together um so I ended up working at that pizza place for the better part of six years and got to where I was just kind of doing everything there and running it uh shout out to Nick's Pizza and Pasta in Louisville yeah, is a, a a good dude who uh, showed me a lot of love. And yeah, I got to where I was just, like I said, kind of wandering aimlessly. Um, I tried my hand at at uh, doing th- I like I always had something going on that I liked yeah. like, uh, or that I was trying to do. Uh, um, I rapped for a little bit. Yeah, uh, I started doing music promotion like this was all stuff outside of like my real job, but sure. Um, uh, like I said, I met my my wife doing a sketch comedy show with a guy who I met at the uh, first pizza place that I worked at when we were going to school together in, yeah. in Plano Campizies. I Campizies. met yeah, I met the guy Josh at Campizies, and years later, uh, we were still friends, and he was doing the sketch comedy show. But um, yeah, I say my 20s were bumpy just because I feel like from about 21 to 26, I just kind of coasted and wandered aimlessly, 
yeah might have gotten like right up to the edge of uh, like an alcohol issue um everything turned out all right but uh certainly tested the boundaries there sure <laughs> um but uh yeah then then i met my wife in 2006 and at that point i was just looking for like a some stability and like a soft place to fall and we hit it off really quickly yeah. and ended up living together three months into our relationship um and then i want to say in like 2008 i was still looking for something to do and my mom bought me uh an improv class to a place called adlibs and uh adlibs at this point had been around in dallas since like 1986. sure uh, they did huge corporate shows they sold out shows every weekend to their theater they, that they had in downtown dallas and uh i went just kind of the first time thinking like oh it might be kind of nerdy improv but we'll see what happens yeah and I actually ended up liking the guys that put the class on and they uh, they liked me back and they asked me to do the second class. And after the second class, they asked me, hey, will you do sound for us? And then I did sound and then they said, hey, will you be in the show with us? And I started doing shows every Friday and Saturday and started doing their traveling uh, uh, group that would go to like colleges and go to like big corporate shows and uh, perform for like 500, 600, 1,000 people at hotels or like these college recruiting events. And uh, we, like I said, we do shows every weekend. We do two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. And it uh, it was really cool. And then near the end, the, the, the director, the guy that owned it, started dealing with a lot of personal issues and it just kind of got sketchy. Yeah. And we all kind of left. And then shortly thereafter, it went out of business. But it was a really cool time. And I, I love doing improv. improv. Um and it was like i i hate to say this because i feel like it sounds so cliche and stereotypical but like it was good improv yeah you know what i mean like there's yeah. certainly it, it was like there was nothing that was out of bounds it wasn't mm -hmm. one of those places where it was like okay no bad words sure no no uh no r-rated stuff it wasn't one of those places and the late night shows people were just you know it was in the middle of deep elm i don't know if you remember deep elm oh yeah yeah. Uh, so it was in the middle of Deep Ellum. So for that 1030 show, it was like wild. Like those yeah. people were crazy and drunk and messed <laughs> up and were coming to blow off steam and were coming to be part of the show and were coming to be either abrased or offended. They were coming to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that wasn't like the main intention, but we were certainly allowed to kind of let things go wherever we wanted to go. Right. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. So yeah, that that got me to married stable life that got me to like <laughs> married hey we're gonna have uh kids and 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 go through all of that yeah yeah how does how does <laughs> this is gonna be weird weird question but how does that happen like what's the you know you, you meet you're happy you 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 find that 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 bond where it's like oh this is this is the relationship because you know we've we've had crappy relationships like i sure. i have my share as well you know usually my, my focus is on oh i want to hear about my guest but you know this is you we haven't talked in a long time you know since the last time you've seen me i have been married and divorced <laughs> and no i think that uh you know if you ask my wife she'd probably say that 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 she waited much longer than she wanted to to actually yeah. get to the marriage phase of our life um 
and you know in that regard i'm i'm lucky that she stayed around but uh when you talk about like how you got there we moved in and you know it was never anything with her i think i had a hard time getting to the point to where i had to accept that just because my parents got divorced that it doesn't mean that i'm gonna you know necessarily get divorced right and i think there was like some realization of you know i you get to a certain age and you realize your 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 parents are human mm-hmm. and it's not like i i you know ne- necessarily ever harbored any resentment about them getting divorced for them they made it so comfortable for us that it's like we almost didn't get a chance to question it yeah you know? but as a kid you you still have to deal with the fact of like not being with a parent Mm-hmm. Like you still have to deal with telling your, your dad goodbye like every other weekend. Yeah. And I think there was uh, a decent amount of time where I was like only focused on marriage being the part where you tell your kid goodbye every other weekend, mm-hmm. you know? And so when you're focused on that and the person you're in a relationship wants to focus on a different part of marriage. Yeah. It, and you're not able to fit like for me to be able to put that into words so clearly right now is not something I had the ability to do 10 years ago yeah. at all. Right. And so, you know, I, you ask how you get there. I think how we got there is that, you know, I was kind of lucky and she was kind of patient. Yeah. Um, and you know, eventually I said she, she went through and I don't know that anybody that knows her is ever going to hear this, but she went through some health issues and it kind of turned into me like, okay, so look, if you're going to be, be here for her, for all of this, mm-hmm. then what, what is it that you're afraid? Like, what is it that you can't do then? Yeah. Cause we went through a pretty sketchy time with her health and we went to a, uh, through a time where we had some pretty big conversations that you're not necessarily ready for, uh, when you're talking about your future and like, you yeah. just don't know what's going to happen to the person you're in a relationship with. Right. I got to the end of that and I was like, okay, so like, is it, is all of this so scary that, that, that you're just ready to say, okay, you went through all of this, but I, I just can't get married. Like, I just can't do this. I can't get over what I'm dealing with. Yeah. And you know, my response ended up being to that, but like, no, I got through this and we, and we can get through whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, looking back, I, I got lucky and she was patient. She was patient. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think that's, I think that's important. And I think it's also just always really nice to hear. I, when I when I was talking with Robbie at that, uh, uh, on our podcast, it's this, it's this weird kind of like, I don't know, I don't know how to put it into words, but I knew you then. And yeah. I'm, I'm getting to know you now. And there's that gap there where sure. it's like, you know, we just, we just weren't part of each other's lives. I still, during that time frame, even though didn't see you, didn't really get a chance to talk to you or anything like that in my heart, still always call you a friend. Sure. Like, but it's like, you know, who, who are you now uh, in comparison to that person who, who you were then? And it's like, I'm learning the transition from one point to another yeah and i think it's like it's it's super in a way exciting for me to kind of know you know what what journey your life went on and and how you were able to get from 18 19 20 year old kid to you know 40 year old dad that's the next thing i want to talk about so what's it like being a dad brad 
man uh i remember we we uh you know my kid you you uh you mentioned my my little uh siblings yes so when i was younger i was 13 14 years old i had you know toddlers living in my house because my siblings my parents remarried and had kids and then my mom also ran an in-home daycare my stepmom also ran an in-home daycare so there was always babies around yeah and I remember when Molly got pregnant and uh, she was talking about like how, we, you know, I think we need to go to a class. I was like, no, nah, I, I got babies down. I'm good. I don't yeah. know. I'm good. Yeah. But we ended up going to the class anyway. And I remember they asked like, you know, what do you want? And what do you want your kid to be? Or what do you want for your kid? And like most of the moms are like, you yeah, know, I want her to be happy. And most of the dads are like, if I'm having a daughter, I, I want her to be you know, behaving well in high school and I got a shotgun. Like it just, it was, it was very much like a stereotypical cliched thing. And I said, look, I just want healthy kids who are well-adjusted and capable of finding fulfillment. Yeah. And when you talk about like, what is it like being a dad? Some days it's like the best thing ever. And some days it's a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't feel like you're doing it very well. And then other times you just sit back and be like, holy shit, I get to be a part of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's there's times where my kids go to sleep and I was just with them and I was maybe frustrated with all of the questions and they go to sleep. And like 30 minutes later, I just want to go into the room because I miss them. Yeah. yeah. Like they were 30 minutes ago. They were there my son was asking me how a microwave worked and I just didn't want to hear it. And I have no idea how to explain how a microwave works. And so it was just a frustrating question when you're just trying to get a four-year-old to go to sleep. And then he goes to sleep and 30 minutes later, you're like, I'm going to go wake him up. I want to play with him. I, w- yeah. I want to see, I, I want to, I want to see what he's thinking real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's amazing and it's frustrating and it's it hurts it uh, it hurts i i don't think people ever rightly explain the hurt part of it and it's not sure. hurt like a a personal uh pain it's like a having to find a way to be comfortable with the level of vulnerability that you've never experienced in your life mhm like the people will say like, yeah, it's, you know, being a parent's cool. If you're able to, you know, walk with your heart outside of your body, like, yeah. and that's what it's like. Um, but I don't know. I, I tend to sit on the right now, the, they're at such a wonderful age. Uh, we were going to do the show last week, my four year old, we ended up bailing cause I just kind of forgot about it. And then yeah. later that night, my four year old was at the <laughs> urgent care getting a strep throat test and, I uh, wasn't doing too well. And a couple of days later he woke up and he didn't want to take his medicine. And he said, dad, why did we have to be born to have strep throat? I don't want to, I didn't want to be born to have strep throat. And I just looked at him in that moment. And I was like, dude, I, I feel so connected to you. I didn't, I didn't want to be born to have strep throat either. So yeah, all of yeah. the superlative hyperbolic words, mixed in with a level of vulnerability that it's hard to be comfortable with. Sure. And then, and then all of that lays on a foundation of, am I doing this good mm-hmm. or am mm-hmm. I doing this well? Yeah. That's what it's like. Yeah. Is, is there this, this period of like, 
or I mean, maybe it's right away, but is there this moment where it's like, you know, and, and I don't know too for you as well, because I always felt like, <laughs> I always felt like you had a level of maturity about you. That was just, it was like, you were always more mature than probably our age dictated, but there also, you were someone who knew how to have a good time. Is yeah. there, was there a moment for you when all of this, this happened that you're like, you know, that, that switch flips where you're like, I got to grow up. Like I've got to, I've got to be an adult now. Or was it like, I'm just going to be me and do this my way. I think because we had kind of uh, waited so long in our relationship, we had been together for six plus years at that point, six and a half years. We found out we were, uh, my wife was pregnant with my daughter. Um, I think the literally only moment that there was like, an oh shit moment was the point at which she came running out of the bathroom and said, I'm pregnant. Yeah. That was it. And after that, I think I texted my mom a couple days before Sage was about to be born to say, she was like, Hey, you're going to be all right. You're going to do this. Everything's going to be good. And I think I said something of like, I don't know. It's pretty big. Are you sure? <laughs> like, um, And you know, she reassured me and said, everything's going to be fine. I don't, I remember my dad telling us how excited he was that we were going to be born. Yeah. And it made it feel like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think, you know, I've talked with other people who are going to have kids and they, 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 they talk about like they had to go through this period of mourning that they're not the individual anymore, or that they weren't an individual anymore, that now you're connected to this yeah. and you kind of have to let, in a lot of ways, you kind of have to let go of, uh, you know, the way your life was before a kid, yeah. because, you know, the biggest thing about a kid is that like, it's relentless. There's yeah. no breaks, right? There's no, you don't get to turn it off and, and be like, eh, I'm not going to dad right now. No, yeah. you're going to dad. You're, they're, you're they're, dadding all the time. <laughs> they're at school. You're doing a podcast. You're at work. You're dadding. Yeah. Like, that's all there is to it. Um, and so, no, for me, there was never a moment that it felt, you know, I talked about the health concerns that Molly dealt with. The part of that was connected to not knowing if she was going to be able to have kids. Sure. Uh, they, they told us it was very unlikely yeah. uh, that she was going to be able to have kids. And it turned out to be the exact opposite. Like, yeah. we, you know, especially compared to, compared to our friend group, we dealt with literally zero pregnancy complications or getting pregnant. And sure. so by the time we got to where, you know, show me the baby, literally, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I was just thankful and just glad that, you know, this was going to be able to be fulfilled because there was a there was a moment there that it, it didn't seem likely. And then I knew other people, too, that had, you know, really struggled through some things that, you know, give you perspective to where, you know, once you got there, I was not worried about like, oh, I don't get to do this or I got to do this or I got to be in uh, this. I also never felt like I had to be this kind of dad or I had to be this as a dad. I never I still don't feel like that. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. But um, no, there's there was never a point that I really feel like the the first night you get home with a kid. And you just want to make sure it's breathing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was the biggest, oh, you're having a baby moment for me. 
because they yeah. don't t- you could go through all the stuff changing a diaper here's what you do to burp them here's you know listen for the different kinds of cries but when it's just you you and and your your wife or you and whoever there or if it's just you whatever now you're responsible for making sure that thing breathes <laughs> and they don't have like a sound connected to them that's like i'm breathing <laughs> So you just want to go over there and check. Yeah. Uh, that that to me was the biggest, oh, shit, this is going to change how things move going forward. Everything. Everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and and now, you know, with that, uh, you know, having having now been a father for what, your, your oldest is seven? Seven, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got to be, I mean, you, you have to notice the change where it's like that that old life is is not the same. But I also feel like there's a celebration of that difference. Do you do you kind of cherish? I mean, you, you said just a little bit ago that, you know, when your son or, or your, your children go to sleep 30 minutes later, you want to go back and be like, hey, wake up. Listen, let's talk about this real quick. Yeah. Like, do you do you have that moment, too, where it's like, OK, maybe I don't get to do this anymore. But God, this is this is so much better. Or is there or is there ever like that little little tinge of like yeah it'd be nice to be able to go out and do this but i imagine you also kind of find that balance too at at some point uh i think everybody kind of fantasizes sometimes about like you know i don't feel like i was actually making any sort of work money until i had kids sure do you know what it would be like right now if we weren't paying for daycare (laughs) yeah you know like that kind of thing yeah. But no, I don't, there's not a whole lot of, when we talk about like not recognizing the kid from high school that you were and realizing you're at a different phase of life, uh, the phases that I mourn now mm-hmm. are the phases that my kids go through and we get to leave with them. Yeah. I don't mourn any of the phases of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think about the phases of my life. My, my son is four. When yeah. they get to four, they're they're turning into a real human being, a real person. The baby is gone. Yeah. I'm more that 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 baby isn't there anymore. Right. I think about like that's the. I, it's very very rare that I have the internal conversation of oh, man. I wish I could just go back to being 18. Yeah, I think about 18, and there's so many unanswered questions, and there's so many daily frustrations you're dealing with, and yeah. I feel like I can handle a lot more of those interpersonal communications now. Mm-hmm. But. I can't get back the sweetness of my three-year-old. Like no. the the three-year-old, like I feel like three is my favorite age. Yeah. And they're just perfect. Sure. And I, not to say that I don't love my four and seven-year-old. And that I'm, <laughs> but I think when you say like, do you, is there a balance that you look for that you wish you like still had this part of your life? And I think now as a dad, I, I wish I had their parts. of Like my little girl going to her first recital when she was like three years old in her little ballet uh outfit or a little ballet uh what do you call them dress i don't yeah, know i don't know <laughs> um yeah ensemble <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i'd go back to that in an instant but i don't really think about the things that i would go back to for me for yourself yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and i think that makes sense are, are you at the point like and i don't even remember are are there things that 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 you really celebrated from your childhood that you've either like looked forward to sharing with them or or have had the chance to share with them like is that something that you really like is there ever that moment where you're like oh i can't wait until i show my kid i don't know 
just pulling some for me for me star wars like or or being able to find something that you're you're excited to share with them or not even not even like a show or a thing but an experience that you have been really like when i get to sh- to, to do this with my my child i'm, I'm excited I feel like I'm kind of laid back in that regard. I yeah. always am thinking like, am I making them into somebody or am I allowing them to grow into being somebody? Yeah. So I feel like I'm constantly having that conversation and I want to say I'm laid back and I don't know that I really look forward to imprinting stuff on them like that. Sure. That's cute. And everything I said sounds nice and sweet. <laughs> when the first whistle blows of a soccer game that you're coaching your firstborn in yeah that all flies right out the damn hell window yeah yeah so like i thought i wanted to experience sports with my child when that first whistle blew in a completely inconsequential game that nobody is ever going to remember and then nothing is ever going to come of <laughs> i definitely wanted to instill a level of competition and (laughs) go get it with my daughter uh in terms of like experiencing sports and competition with her that definitely lit quickly right there and and previous to that i was just kind of wanting to be the coach because i didn't want somebody who was you know yeah half-assed about it and i'm not saying like i do anything in particular with a six-year-old girl soccer team that's (laughs) not saying that like i have a plan i just you know for a lot of parents it's not like people are beating down the door to volunteer to go line up and coach and or teach and or trying to corral a bunch of six-year-olds so i wanted to make sure that i was doing it because i wanted to be doing it and not have somebody that was just kind of there for the sake of being there um, and I did not realize how much I actually really wanted to be doing it. Uh, I try, I've tried showing my son, my, my daughter didn't really get into star Wars. I've sure. tried showing my son, uh, like, there's so much damn star Wars content now, mm-hmm. uh, animated. Otherwise, you know, yeah. every yeah. damn, uh, part of the franchise is so much more expansive yep. now. And I've tried showing him a number of things and he loves lightsabers yeah. And and he loves his Star Wars pajamas. Mm-hmm. But connecting to the content with him is just not there yet. No. I'll no. keep trying, but it, it's yeah. just not there yet. Yeah. And then watching him the first time he got out on a soccer field, like it just it reinforced all of everything that I felt about wanting to if anything that I want them to experience is is if they want to. I'm yeah. not ever going to be the one that's like, no, you need to play sports because here are the values A, B, and C, and here's who we are. Like, I'm, I'm just not like that. But if they want to, I'll always be there if they're going to be on a field. Yeah. And honestly, that, that, that answer from you, that's, that's, that's your character. Like, I feel like there's, that was, that's exactly what I would expect from you. Let the kid live their life, find what they want to enjoy, let them be their own person because being, being forced into that bubble that, that, you know, what you expect them to be, that's never been what you've been about. So I, I, I think that that answer is completely on par. Um, I want to talk for a second because like myself and like uh, a lot of America, 
you have a podcast as well. Uh, so tell me about human dads. Tell me about what's going on. Like, cause, cause what I remember, and I know that this is, I don't think this comes into play, but some of my first, like seeing you on social media was, uh, and this is like, I think just Twitter, it would be your, your reviews of a different beer. And I don't know if, does that come into play at all on Human Dads, or is that completely separated from, from your, I, your beer review? The only way that comes into play is if they're giving me a hard time about being a beer snob. <laughs> I do a, a dad's podcast with a guy named Jason and a guy named Rylan. We're all dads. All of us have at least two kids. Um, and uh, I, like I told them at one point in time, wanted to do the podcast so that our kids could know who we were one day and hear that voice mm -hmm. before they were able. Like now they just know you as an authority figure or they just know you as the person who gets the water or they yeah. just know you as the person <laughs> who wipes like they that's that's yeah. that's all they know you as. It's a very one dimensional perception that they have you, of mm -hmm. you. And so we have stupid, goofy conversations to just pass the time so that, that, that they could get to know who we were. Uh, you t I, I was really into beer at one point in time and not like, oh, ha ha, I drink to get drunk. Uh, I was, I was uh, with a friend of mine looking to open a business that was going to be focused on beer. Uh, we ultimately didn't bring that to fruition, but we spent the better part of three years really trying to make that happen and negotiating a lease after lease and trying to find a property for this business to work at. And it just didn't end up working out in the end. And so if there, there was certainly a period probably between like 2014 and 20, I don't know, call it 17 or 18 to where a lot of my online existence was in a craft beer world. Yeah. Um, so you probably saw a ton of reviews and interaction or talk about beer. Uh, and I still love beer I, much more than your regular human being. And I could sure. talk to you ad nauseum about whatever you wanted to talk about beer. There used to be a point in time where I could tell you probably multiple breweries that existed in South Dakota for no reason at all, other than I had actually researched them. I can't do that anymore. But <laughs> um, uh, no, I we just talk about dumb stuff like if the Popeye's chicken sandwich is actually good. Um, or uh, I think our most recent episode is going to be a semi-debate on what virtual reality is going to look like in the future. And do we have any concept of what our, our kids will kind of understand an online existence is? Like it's, it's surely in 20 years, uh, the way you connect to the Internet is going to look different than the way we connect to the Internet right now. Right. And so it's just having conversations like that, that one, you could listen to the in, in the future and there would be some sort of compelling note to it. And then sometimes we just talk about local sports because we're all kind of in this local sports radio lexicon uh, with a, uh, a local radio station called The Ticket here where we're all just kind of in the same group. So yeah. um, I don't know. It's fun. It gives me an outlet. I feel like I like doing stuff like this. It's cool to connect to you with you, but I, I just like talking for people to listen and i don't know that you know people always want to listen but i enjoy doing so <laughs> right it's it's that thing it's it's the thing that i always kind of take joy out of it is it's like you know maybe <laughs> maybe i have two or three people that'll listen to an episode and it's, it's always nice to see that sometimes it's way more than that but it's it's nice to kind of be like you know i'm i'm gonna keep doing this whether or not people are listening because 
I'm having a good time doing it. Like I'm having a good time having conversations with people, getting to talk about, talk with them about life, talk with them eventually about a movie, even though surprise, that's not the focus of the show, even though yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how much time we got to break down. Rounders, <laughs> but I just looked at the clock and yeah, I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to fly through rounders here in just a minute. So, <laughs> but it's, it's the, it's for me, it's the conversation of it all. And I'm going to keep doing that whether or not I have people that listen, the listeners help, but it's, like, <laughs> it, it, it's just nice to be able to be like, you know, I want to chat with this person about whatever, get to know them. Um, and then if there's a movie that's had an impact on their lives, that that speaks to, you know, my my movie loving soul. So, uh, yeah, whether there are people there or not, like, and I'm sure you can kind of feel that same way, too. Yeah, yeah the, the listeners help. But it's nice to be able to just talk for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, whatever. Yeah, definitely. I completely so. agree with that. The intention and the destination don't always end up as being the same thing. Sure. But that's not necessarily the reason why you do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you, you, you touched on time and I honestly, I, I, I could talk with you for hours on end about random stuff that, that matters to us, uh, <laughs> that, that, that might not matter to the three or four listeners that we have. But for me, I, I want to make the same kind of uh, uh, goal. Well, I'll call it a goal. I, I would call it a okay. promise. But, you know, being 40 years old, promises sometimes are hard to make when life continues to go on. But I'm not going to talk to you. The next time I talk to you is not going to be in 15 years. Like, I, I'm I, good I, with that. I think that's a strong goal. Yeah. I want to make it so that, you know, every once in a while, we at least just touch base, say, hey, what's going on? Because, uh, you know, I got very emotional. <laughs> I got very emotional talking to Robbie because that was the first, you know, it was that conversation. And yeah. you and I have had like such a history and such a friendship. Yeah. And I think for me, because I root so much of it in, in joy and happiness that I was able to tell myself earlier today, when you see him, don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do that. Like you're, you're going to, but don't. And I've been very good about that. But, but thinking about the, the idea of it being another 15 years before I talk to you. That feels I, unnecessary. Yeah, I can't let that happen. So yeah. I won't cry about it, <laughs> even though I, got I, can, I can feel that lump. We'll talk again. So we'll, we'll share all that other stuff uh, for another conversation between you and I. But let's, let's, get, to, let's get to the point of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's let's do it. Let's talk about our movie of the week, which is Rounders. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, what's the limit here? That's twenty dollars. Good. Okay. Twenty. You've seen half the hand. How the hell are you betting into us? We know what we're holding, and we know what you're holding. The hell you know what we all have. <laughs> uh, well. You were looking for that third three, but you forgot the Professor Green folded it on 4th Street, and now you're representing it, you have it. The DA made his two pair, but he knows they're no good here. And Mr. Eisen is just futilely hoping that his queens are going to stand up. <laughs> this might Take it down. All right, take a seat next to me. I can't, I can't. I don't play cards. Get out of here. So uh, you were saying, <laughs> and, I, and I don't think you ever quite got, I, you did, you did, you got there. You were saying before we went on, on, uh, on record that uh you watched it again for your the first time in several years and uh yeah 
<laughs> I, there's a couple of things. So yeah. I should I should note I I got a little into online poker for yeah. uh, a, a I don't know two years something yeah. like that. And I don't ever want to say I was good at it at all, but I certainly watched a lot of poker, read about a lot of poker, and studied poker. And it was because of the online boom. The online boom was because of uh, poker being on TV and the whole card starting to get shown. And like poker got had this whole moment. And then some of the people that made poker uh, pop uh, on like a national ESPN level would go back and tell you that poker got on their radar by watching the movie Rounders. Sure. Right. Sure. Like it used to be this thing that was only on at like two o'clock in the middle of the, the night uh, on ESPN every once in a while when there was a notable poker competition. But like Rounders had a significant impact on building poker in this country to what it is now, although it's not as big uh, as it was when you could easily log online and play a game. Right. Um, so I watch it with knowing how to play the game much more than I did when we were 18 years old and watching this movie. Yeah. And so I look back at, at some of that and it seems quaint, but it's also because the game has changed mm -hmm. from so many more people playing it and so many more strategies developing and so many more just nooks and crannies for people to be able to observe how people play that has impacted how people actually play. And yeah. so to look back at it now, it makes their version of like this allure like this this uh, uh underground almost criminal element of poker seem kind of cute and quaint <laughs> yeah like yeah. it's all about we're doing this bad thing that we're not supposed to be doing and we're semi-criminal hustler people but we're actually just failing at law school and right being enabled by like some of the people who should not ever be enabling people no no like in what world would a judge look at this human being and be like hey he just read everybody's cards blind yeah you know what in a couple of weeks i'm gonna give him 10 grand in the middle of the night this, yeah. do you want that person being a judge no no it, it's completely irrational like these these characters these characters are completely absurd make make terrible choices and like at what point when 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 do you realize that you have a friend like edward norton and are just like dude i can't have you in my life like so mikey our main character is supposed to be so good at reading people <laughs> yeah like so excellent at reading people Mm -hmm. And the one person who he cannot absolutely read is the person who will put him in the most vulnerable position ever. Yeah. And yeah. all of his skills for addressing what people are doing just completely fall out the window when it comes time to look at his best friend. Yeah, it's 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 a <laughs> I also it's, like there's any number of things like you think about like. Right now, if you wanted to, you could go to Las Vegas, and if you had enough money, you could sit in enough rooms with professional poker players who have made millions of dollars, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You would be a complete asshole if you then came back from one of those experiences and told the story of how you bluffed one of those players out of exactly one hand. Yeah. Yeah. You bluff them for exactly one hand. Do you know most people sit down at a poker table for like, eight hours yeah and you're gonna tell me there was one time where you bluffed this professional poker player and it mm -hmm. made you think you could play with professionals right 
yeah cool cool story bro like it's like one time i was on the same court with lebron james and i made the ball go in the hoop i think i should go play in the nba yeah yeah i uh i i uh, uh watched tom hanks in person uh say a very convincing lie and i told him a lie and he believed it and now i can get myself an academy award like it's it's the one time i was hanging out with tom tom hanks and and we we were exchanging accents we were we were seeing who could do accents and i matched him accent for accent quit my job going to hollywood quit my job i've got a new career uh i want to i want to talk about accents for a second (laughs) because when it when it comes to the only reason we're going to talk about this stupid movie yeah yeah absolutely so usually i'll ask people i'll be like Okay, well, what is it about Rounders, or what is it about this movie that you selected that made you choose it? Why did you choose this movie? And uh, this was this was a, a, a joint effort <laughs> in selecting this movie uh, because you know, much like uh, a lot of uh, days spent in the uh, Collin County Community College apartment. Uh, we would watch movies on repeat. It wasn't about watching a, a new movie all the time, like I try to do now. No. It's watching the same movies over and over and we over. Watch this movie 150 times in like 200 days. Oh my god! It was every every day. It was on all the time. I would go to class. I'd come back. This movie was on, yeah. and it was like, and and the reasoning behind it was yes, for the poker, but also John Malkovich's beautiful russian accent as kgb <laughs> oh man you uh, started the russian accent yeah yeah we watched it enough times that just for no stupid reason at all you would just fall into the accent to be like yeah. can you take me to work this evening hello it'd be very nice if you would drive me to blockbuster video yeah so i can uh, make money and, and then it, it just you know, I would do that, and then we would all do it back and forth, and just be talking yeah. to each other all the time in this this ridiculous Russian accent. Hello. Almost to the point. How are you? I'm good. How's it going? <laughs> uh, almost to the point to where we couldn't escape it. No, no, I, I almost do feel to like... the point to where we could not turn it off. Yeah. It, yes, I feel like there were days where we would wake up doing it, and it would just it would guide us through the day. Like, to the point to where other people heard us and started thinking we were from not where we were from. Yes. Which so let's let's roll with that. <laughs> so we we would do this constantly. And it would come to a point where it's like, yes, we could all keep doing it. And that's fun. It's and it would be fun for us to to keep doing it. But what was a ton of fun is if we could let you convince other people that not only were you from there, but you were uh, an exchange student from the great uh, uh, Russian country, um, just to to kind of like, I don't know, meet new people. And we rolled with that because we stuck to the story. We were, yeah, he's from he's from Russia. Like, listen to how he talks. Is he really from Russia? Yeah, listen to that accent. I can't do that. Listen to him. And it was just we. It was I, a long con. I, I look back at it as like a uh, a more sophisticated way of uh, like drunken happy Gilmore being another character. Like, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we definitely <laughs> talked a few people into thinking that I was actually from Russia mm -hmm. and it was a group effort. And, yep. um, you know, uh, there was a young lady who we talked into that and I mm -hmm. got to meet her months down the road as she came to apply for a, a job that I worked at and realized <laughs> that I did not have an accent while I was working and figured out that I was not actually from somewhere. But yeah, it, I mean, but it got to the point to where people outside of just our little three or four person friend group thought that I was from Russia and yep. called me Milos. And yeah. <laughs> there uh, were, there were people in the apartment complex. Like we were friends with, with like, there were a lot of two bedroom apartments there and we were friends with one of the people in that apartment, but we would convince that person's roommate that you were yeah. Russian. And so yeah. when they were like, Oh, well, where's that, where's that Russian kid at? Where, where is he at? Yeah. And it was just, it was constant. It was like, we didn't it bat an eye. To be a, it turned out to be a pretty big icebreaker for us to connect to other people within the it's apartment true. complex. It's true. And it just, and then like it went from our apartment, all of us doing the Russian accent to, like to all of our stupid other people doing the Russian accent all the time, all the time. Yeah. And it just became, it became, the constant thing and all because of this this stupid movie <laughs> all because of this stupid movie uh, which was literally the, the the biggest takeaway and i know it's revered it's got like a cult following mm -hmm. and i don't mean to shit on it i still enjoyed yeah. watching it yeah yeah that was our biggest takeaway is that we watched this so damn much and we're so enamored and thought john malkovich's character was so damn funny yeah and he, he steals the damn movie because he's oh, not yeah. in it that much right but yeah 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 the Russian yeah. accent was our takeaway from Rounders. That's that's what we got out of it. We got out of it KGB and his chick, 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 all fucking night. You know, that's okay. <laughs> I'm still up 25 from the last time I stick it in you. Pay him. Pay that Pay man that his man money. His money. <laughs> Pay him. Net. Net. Pay that man his money. It was just. Like everything else about that movie, you know, you, you think about it and it's just, these are, these are two terrible central characters. Like one of them is finally trying to be on the up and up, uh, but failing miserably at that. Like the, the, the life that he throws away, because like you said earlier, he bluffed a professional poker player once, one time and has decided that, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to make a run for it. I'm going to, I'm going to do this now. Like big time. Ugh. Ugh. Not to mention the he lost the thirty-five grand. Like he's yeah. one out of two with one player who nobody's ever heard of who just runs a poker game. Like yep. he's he won once with him, he lost once with him, and then he bluffed this uh, uh, professional poker player one time, and now he's going to Vegas to see about the big show. Like yeah. it just rounders too, but not. <laughs> It would not be a very bright story. I think Rounders 2, two would be the downfall of Mikey. Like, it's just... Where he's you know, like a paralegal in Las Vegas? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, ambulance chaser yeah. <laughs> to, to the max. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't really know what, what details to kind of dig into on this movie. Because it's very surface. Like, it's fun to kind of see everybody in this movie. Uh, the thing that I was really kind of like, oh yeah, was uh, uh, Gretchen Mall. She was at the time really being prepped to be kind of like the next it actress. Yeah, and 
it didn't quite didn't quite make it there for her um she did a uh, made for tv version of like the the life of betty page the the kind of famous like um pinup model from the the 40s and 50s um and i think she was got pretty good reviews for that but other than that her her career never quite went to the lengths that i i i I thought it would. Um, so you've got her. You've got, of course, Matt Damon, Edward Norton, Martin Landau, John Malkovich, John, John Turturro, John, John Fomka Johnson, uh, who was in it as well. Mm-hmm. Like just all of these, these kind of like top tier-ish actors all working together in this movie that has a script that's not that not that great when you really kind of sit and think about it. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Completely agree with you. Like, I, looking back on it now as a grown up, uh, I could see why I liked it at 18. I, yeah. I do not like it near as much as a 40 year old. <laughs> because I feel like, too, there's part of us that's like just wants to point out the irresponsible, you know, just how irresponsible these people are and how toxic this friendship is. And like everything here is going in the wrong, wrong direction. And it's like, why are you doing this? You spend the whole movie, like, why are you making this decision? But that's through the perspective of 20 something years of life, you know, 20 plus years of life at the time you watch and it's like no at 18 there's actually poker players who are just living bad lives like (laughs) there's just guys that are just kind of out there kind of going to law school and being poker players yeah like at 18 that's just kind of wow that makes sense right right i I get it like who wants to go to school why would you show up to time on time yeah i'm I'm completely with this guy yeah i don't want to do that i don't want to do that like and i'm not i'm not going to do it because maybe just maybe I'll be able to bluff someone and win myself a nice pot of money. That never happened. But, no. but, <laughs> but now no. it's like, you know, it's just the, the almost sheer stupidity of it all. It's kind of like, oh man, like this is just, this movie is very misguided. <laughs> yeah. It, again, I go back to the idea that the, the a judge, a person who's supposed to be like the best among us, in determining logic and rationale and understanding different situations and the variables and incentives at play mm-hmm. that you could show up to that person's front door in the middle of the night with the shit beat out of you asking for a 10,000. And I think he actually asked him for $15,000. Yeah. And then this judge just goes and shares this old story of his mom wanting him to be uh, a rabbi but he wanted to work in the law and somehow equated that to the same thing as this guy was going to be a lawyer but instead poker is his calling there, there, there's at what point does does your you know respect for a dreamer disappear and your your logic and kind of idea of throwing your life away like when does that kick in when you want to be like listen kid don't like just don't do it this is this is a bad decision you're gonna regret it like Like, you might keep everything intact and go on a vegas vacation yeah yeah enjoy yourself yeah do do something you're not gonna possibly regret i mean maybe maybe you'll make a decision there that you'd regret but i feel like you'd have more fun than going there to play poker and losing you know fifteen thousand dollars yeah i agree i completely agree with you 
Yeah, uh, I wonder. So looking back on this, we kind of talked about, you know, the, the part that stands out as as something that still is super entertaining. That's KGB. But there is there anything else in this movie that really like, you know what? No, <laughs> no. I found myself just wanting to get to the end of it where I was like, no, yeah. let's just see KGB be KGB. Yeah. yeah. Like Worm is completely annoying. Mikey mm -hmm. seems uh soft undeveloped and you know even gretchen mole like yeah uh yeah it's not like she got a strong character to play out of the whole thing but right i don't it seemed like one kind of half-assed tragedy bleeding into another half-assed tragedy until the end where they actually play one-on-one -on -one. and the idea that looking back now and knowing how to play poker a little bit the idea that uh a person would get upset in a one-on-one -on -one poker setting and say this person keeps checking me all night long check 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 <laughs> check, check check like you're you're playing one-on-one -on -one. that's gonna happen like you don't have a whole lot of options and you don't have a whole lot of players yeah you're gonna get checked all night long yeah but yet this movie inspired people <laughs> it, but nobody knew how to play poker at that sure point. sure and and the game, like you said, has changed so much since then. It was a it was a leaping off point uh, for people. It's like uh, it's like how the movie The Warriors inspires people to uh, you know uh, revel in hip hop culture. I don't think The Warriors yeah. is necessarily a movie that's that's drenched in hip hop culture, but I think it's a movie that really has kind of been like you know you you take the you take the ball and you run with it warriors yeah. in my opinion is a much better movie but that's neither here nor there <laughs> i you would be hard pressed to tell i still enjoy the movie don't get me wrong but yeah. like it just i it no longer belongs in any pantheon that i might have held it in previously sure, sure. <laughs> and it's it's interesting to have those realizations though too where it's like you you have this movie that you love that you have hold in this high esteem that you really cherish and then you go back and watch it and you're kind of like look i remember how i felt about this movie but man watching it through these eyes it's it's, it's it, it hits same. different yeah it hits different the, yeah. as the kids say yep <laughs> i think that's a good way to put it yeah um yeah i don't know i don't know what else to talk about rounders like i said i was more interested in just talking with you and then <laughs> i think we've done i think we've done a good bit here i think we're at yeah. uh coming up on 120 minutes and i don't think had we started with rounders we would have been able to ga garner such momentum <laughs> no oh no no rounders is a good thing to close on you start <laughs> off strong close with a little bit of a fizzle but then you still have the the closer of the show that I always have to end with. So we're going to jump into that. So Brad, I am going to throw at you the fat five. These are five rapid fire-ish questions about your general taste in movies, uh, just so that I and others can get an idea of what kind of movies you enjoy. Are you ready for the fat five, Brad? I've been looking forward to the fat five. Good, good. I always I always like that. So question number one, Brad. What is your favorite movie of all time? I'm I, I suck at doing these definitive answers, but mm -hmm. for the sake of the conversation, I'm gonna pick one. It is another Matt Damon movie, and uh, my wife, who is probably listening on the other side of the closet door right now, is not gonna be surprised at all to hear The Good Shepherd is probably oh. probably my favorite movie of all time, Brad. I have never seen The Good Shepherd. 
Wow. Whoa. This is wow. a first. <laughs> Look at that. Wow. I, I Do you have it out for Matt Damon? No, I, I, I like Matt Damon as a, as a performer. I, I think he's great. I have never seen The Good Shepherd. I'm going to have to bump that up my list. The Good Shepherd, catch me if you can. Yeah. And yeah, I'll say those two. Yeah. Yeah. Catch me if you can. I, I love, I really enjoy that one. Good Shepherd, I have not seen. So now I will have to fix that. So I feel I like it's on. just going to be way oversold as my favorite movie. If you've never seen it, it's just no. going to. Yeah. No, I've, 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 <laughs> I've kind of avoided the buzz on it for years because a lot of people have said things about it yeah. and I'm kind of like, do I want to see that? I don't know, but I will, I will watch it because, you know, it's on my list. It just has not been prioritized. So I will, I will make that a thing. Uh, question number two, who is your favorite actor, your favorite male performer? <sighs> Regardless of what the movie is, I'll check it out. If he's in it, I'm probably going to have to go with Denzel Washington. Yeah, excellent pick. I also love Because love I, I really don't care. Like I said, not every movie he's ever made is my favorite movie. Mm -hmm. But I don't care. Like I, He's got a very high hit rate with me, even in the ridiculous shoot-em-up, uh, the Equalizer franchise that he's taken on in his latter years here. Like it seems ridiculous that we're going to have a 65 year old hitman that's capable of conquering the whole world, but yeah, I'm going with it. It's him. Yeah. I'll I'm, watch it. I, yeah. Very I, entertained. I believe Denzel. That's yeah. I believe. I believe he could do that. Yeah. Uh, other side of that, then question number three, who is your favorite actress, your favorite female performer? I had to think about what, female and i knew what the questions were coming in because i've listened yeah i had to think about female driven movies that i really enjoyed which isn't to say that i don't but you mm -hmm. know i'm kind of cliche the shoot 'em up the stupid funny movies i enjoy a lot but if i had to pick i think i was even a little surpri surprised myself a little bit but i've enjoyed her work everything she's done for like the last decade um i'm gonna have to say jessica chastain yeah yeah, uh, Zero Dark Thirty is... Zero Dark Thirty? Oof, oof. Uh, uh, what was the name of the movie where she did Molly's Game? Molly's Game, yeah. I, I The other one where she's a ridiculous uh, PR political agent. Uh, I haven't seen that one either. Miss, Miss Sloan? Yes, yeah. awesome. Awesome yeah. movie. Really awesome. awesome movie. Yeah, I need to check that out. Uh, 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 in The Help. Uh, she was yep. great in The Help. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, everything I've seen her in i it took some thinking about is my my initial answer i think i was gonna say angelina jolie sure that feels cliche yeah yeah but i mean if it's if it's someone that you like you know you you that kind of resonates with you i get yeah. that yeah. but i think jessica chastain's an awesome choice is is molly's game a better poker movie than rounders uh, definitely <laughs> it's always nice to kind of tie it back i, I there. do i know i i think it really is they, they don't yeah. talk about strategy too much and they do make it sound like port, port, poker only lives in this underground world and it does and i'm sure it does i not sure. like i know uh and they don't talk about the game itself uh the playing of the game but there is uh, some reference to terminology and an understanding of the game that uh they paint in that movie that i liked a little bit better than yeah. rounders <laughs> it it feels it feels like the game is i don't know both both put on a a higher 
plain, but yeah. also like something that's. Uh, I I was gonna say dirtier, but I don't know even know if that's no, the I think right that's word. A good way to put it. Yeah, because yeah. it it has. Really, to it. Yeah, really grand repercussions for the people yeah. that play it and lose at this level. Uh, yeah, Molly's game is good. I I really like Aaron Sorkin, uh, the writer director too. So. Good choice. Uh, question four. Typically, it would probably be who is your favorite director? But the way that I like to phrase it is, is there a director that if you you knew that they had a movie coming out, you wouldn't have to see a trailer, wouldn't have to know anything about it. You would just be there for the, you know, at the theater to see this movie. What what director would, would drive you to that point? This one was hard because I'm not like the the film nerd anymore to pay attention to this uh, type of question. Yeah. Uh, just full candor. Yeah. So I was thinking it's probably Christopher Nolan. Okay. Which I think is, again, a cliche answer, but I don't know. Every time no. he does something, I'm in. Yeah, it's a it's a spectacle. You want to be like there if, for it? if he's the one doing it, then yeah. it, that's the draw. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I mean I think that's a good and completely reasonable choice. Uh, talking about the film nerd stuff, I'm going to go back to something. I'm going to I'm going to bring up something after we wrap this up because I want to talk about one movie in particular that's not Rounders that. I don't know if it had as much of an impact on your life, but I remember watching it with you Memento. and both of us, not Memento. Memento was, okay. was another one, but there was, it's, it's a, from a way different genre. Okay. Uh, I'll get to that in a second, but question number five, then uh, in this weird time where release dates are changing on a rapid basis, is there a movie that is scheduled to come out that you are very excited to see or is there a movie that's already out that you haven't seen that you really want to whenever you get a chance to see it? This is going to be super corny. I'm with it. Anything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any of it. Yeah. It's Any a ride. I'm, yeah. I'm just ready to see all that's coming out over like the next three years, hopefully. Yeah. Do you have Disney Plus? Yes. Uh, are are you looking forward to Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I believe that starts tomorrow. Uh, yes and no. I think it's going to be really hard to top WandaVision or yeah. continue on something that's going to be as good as WandaVision. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah, I'm super excited. There's part of me that is like, I've got I've got an appointment in the morning, so I can't stay up too late for it. Yeah, but yeah, I'm like, yeah. man, I just want to stay up and watch it because I'm I'm really excited for that. I love those characters, so I think it'll be a ton of fun. Uh, that's the end of the questions, but I want to talk about one movie really, really quickly. And I don't even know if you remember this. So this is just one memory that I kind of hold on to because for me, it's Magnolia. like, no, oh my God. Okay, okay. sorry, I'll stop so doing it. That's okay. We've been but going two hours at this point, and I'm just that's, making that's, it. <laughs> that's another story, though, for another day, uh, because we went, like, a group of eight of us went to go we see Magnolia, like, opening weekend. We did. And uh, the only one who made it to the end of that movie is right here. That guy. <laughs> Seven of us walked out. Walked out. Like, when it yeah. started raining frogs, here I was like, yeah, and you guys all got up. And I'm like, I'm not... I'm not going. <laughs> I think I actually cussed. Yes, you did. Yes, you yeah. did. Yeah. There was a throwing up of the hands. Yeah. Uh, a, a colorful language. And then all seven of you piled out. Uh, but no, the, the movie that I want to talk about, actually, uh, I think I watched it. I, I, I got it from work. I watched it at home 
with my brother and my family. And then I brought it home and I was like, I watched this movie. It was so good. And then I was like, I, I want to see, do you want to watch it with me? I'm like, what movie is it? The Iron Giant. I don't. Okay. Okay. So I think we did, but I don't really yeah. remember it that much. This, this movie, like I remember watching it that weekend because I missed it when it was in theaters. I watched it at home, loved it, brought it home. And I was super excited about it. Wanted to watch it again. You sat down and watched it with me. And this movie has become like one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I'll go back and watch it then. I will. Yeah. Yeah. I would say watch it again. See if, see if it, 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 you know, rings any bells or anything for you. But man, I just remember sitting there and like, I think we, you were a little bit like, do I really want to watch a cartoon? But then like, <laughs> once you, once you sat there, you're like, okay, didn't move, didn't move for an hour and a half. And it was, we were, we were into it. So. Yeah, man. I I bet I could get my kids at least in on it with me. I'll have to watch. I I certainly remember the situation. Sure. But as we've talked about age and or, you know, if if it was the end of the night or the end of your work shift and you brought it home, who knows what state I was in at the time. It was it was usually after midnight. Yeah. (laughs) So there's no way, you know, I would say for the most part, I was usually late to the party. And uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But Brad, I got to say, I'm I'm grateful for this. Um, I I really, really am glad. Yeah, really glad we got to catch up. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to wait 15 years for us to, you know, 15, 20 years for us to talk again. Um, I just, I, I, I want to, as, as an adult, kind of looking back at that time of my life, I want to thank you for being there. Like, just thanks for being my friend. And hopefully... Well, that's a ridiculous thing to say, but certainly. <laughs> it, was, it was a two-way street. So thank you for being my friend. It was and... my pleasure. My absolute pleasure. I I only look back uh, with fond memories for those that still exist. Yeah. Um, but no, we. I, I mean, you're you're seminal in in my life. You're you're a bedrock part of uh, you know who I was and where I'm yeah. from. Like, yeah. Like without question, you are you to me like being right down Garden Ridge and right where you were. Like I also ended up having. Uh, I don't know if you remember Devin, but like. Yeah, that was also another one of my best friends from high school was also right in that neighborhood. But yeah, and then our lives after high school, like yeah, like I said, you're like a bedrock. When I think of like home or who I am or where I'm from, you're not far from that like memory or that understanding of any of that. Yeah, found foundational friendship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just something that that really like helped helped kind of establish who I am and, and kind of who I've wanted to be. So uh, greatly appreciative of that, but also just thank you so much for doing this podcast. It was, uh, there are no words it to tell you how much by. this meant to me. It did. It was a, it was a quick two hours. Yeah. So that means a that soft, any conversation. <laughs> soft light on its feet, two hours. Right. We just, it was, just a, it was a little dance. Tiptoed right on through. <laughs> That's the perfect way to describe it. But Brad, uh, do you, do you want to do you want to plug anything social media wise? Do you want to plug uh, uh, Human Dads? Uh, if you like what you heard and you want to hear my voice some more, just look for Human Dads on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. I've put it in like fifteen different places. It's on 
Apple, uh, Stitcher, Pandora, uh, uh, Spotify, Google, Podcast Republic, Podcast Ad. It's everywhere. You should yeah. be able to find it. Uh, or go to oftenandmuch.com, and it's just Human Dad, Human Dad's episode. So, um, yeah, no, man. I've I, been looking forward to doing this. I was sad that we weren't able to do it last week, but... Uh, no, it's a blast. You have my email now. You have my mm-hmm. cell phone number. Yep. Please, you don't even have to plan it. Oh, maybe you should plan it because uh, it's not like we're just going to be like, hey, dude, how was Tuesday? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Knowing me, it'll be a text anyway. It'll be like, what's yeah. up, man? How, how you doing? You text me and say, hey, you want to hop on the phone or hop on Zoom? And we definitely have to do this again. 15 years uh, is ridiculous. Too long. Uh, too long. Yeah, it, it would be way too long. So, yeah. Uh, thank you for doing this. Uh, shout out to Charles if he listens, because without him, I don't know this connection would have happened with his yeah. just little random tweet there. Um, shout out to Robbie. Shout out to all our friends. If anybody listens to this, I'm sure you'll post this to where uh, people uh, from back in the day um, yep. can hear it. So, um, yeah, man, I don't, yeah. I don't know what else to say, but I look forward to hearing your voice again. Likewise, as soon as humanly possible. Yes, sir. Once again, a huge thank you to Brad for uh, not just the chat, but just, I mean, well, the chat, yeah, but like, I don't know, there's there's something about being able to reconnect, and, and maybe that's one of the things that I can kind of be grateful for all of gestures around this, like this, this pandemic, this craziness, uh, is that you have these opportunities to kind of chat with people that maybe you wouldn't otherwise like at least for me and 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 that's kind of you know i think part of that is the the fault of being so distracted by everything else in your life all the time um you just kind of i don't know lose lose track of or or get caught up on other things and you know for 15 plus years like i i didn't didn't reach out, didn't connect and just kind of kept going on about my business. And, you know, as, uh, the good stuff that comes out of social media is that you can reconnect with people. And, uh, we got to have this chat and man, I am so, so grateful. I also got to say, if you've, if you've made it this far, I kind of went through a little bit of like, a uh, wild, um, uh, I guess detective online detective stretch last night uh, after recording this, where I wanted to find out more about uh, uh, our uh, college buddy who ended up defrauding Texans out of uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, yeah, what a what a story! Like uh, rest well, um, uh, Thomas. But man. Just it's it's crazy. It's crazy the things that can happen in life. That's that's all I'm gonna leave on that note. But yeah, I did some did some uh googling and was able to read some stories and holy shit, what what a what a crazy turn of events that was. Uh but that's gonna do it for this week's episode of Let's Talk About. Uh again, huge thank you to Brad for being on the show. Check out Human Dads wherever your pods can be caught. That's the same place you can find this podcast. 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, like this podcast, subscribe to this podcast, rate and review this podcast, share this podcast with your friends. Um, the only way that I can get more listeners is if you're helping, you know, kind of nurture the audience that we have and expand it to other people. Um, so please uh, leave a rating, leave a review, share this, get this to more listeners. I would really appreciate it. Um, like I said, you can subscribe to my podcast on those places. You can subscribe to Human Dads at those places. You can also, we'll throw things way out of whack here, subscribe to Backlot 605 on those uh, podcast apps. Give all three of those podcasts a listen and uh, just enjoy what you got. If you if you subscribe to this podcast, the Fat Dude Digs Flicks Podcast Network, uh, not only will you get Let's Talk About, but you will also get the Criterion Break with Andy and Blake with our monthly question mark <laughs> episodes where we dive into the Criterion Collection proper and um, the Criterion Channel Online. One of the reasons why that 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 Thomas story really kind of like is is crazy to me is because Thomas was kind of the person who didn't introduce me to the Criterion Collection, but really kind of nurtured my my love for it because he was a Criterion collector. And ugh, man, <laughs> just kind of just kind of blows your fucking mind the things that happen to people. So, uh, yeah, Criterion Break with Andy and Blake, uh, also part of this podcast if you, if you subscribe to uh, the Fat Dude Digs Flicks Podcast Network. Um, follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just do a search for Fat Dude Digs Flicks. You can find me there. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you'd like to be a guest on this show, Send me an email, fatdudedigsflicks at gmail.com. I've already plugged the podcast, so that is going to do it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah, we'll be back here next week. Same fat time, same fat channel, and let's taco about movies. Um, stay safe out there. Keep Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, keep washing your hands, keep uh, wearing that mask, um, and and get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. If you are eligible, do it. Um, as of this recording, I am getting mine a week from, well, a week from tomorrow, but at the time this is airing, it'll be Saturday. So um, I'm I'm so close, and I am... So hopeful to be able to get back to the theaters and get back to get back to kind of living life. But even though I'm going to be doing that and living that happier life, uh, that out there life once again, doing some things that I really missed and enjoyed, you bet your ass I'm going to keep being safe about it. So mask up, wash your hands, keep socially distanced, and uh, take care of each other. Bye. Thank you for listening to Fat Dude Digs Flicks.